The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. It's the best martial arts because they're mixed. Woo! <laughs> All right. The UFC back in the apex a week after a storyline-filled pay-per-view event. And this week, the 205-pound division is on the marquee as a former title challenger looks to halt the momentum of one of the division's rising contenders as we welcome you to the live UFC Vegas 50 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck. We have an all-star cast joining me this week. We got Jose Young's back home in phoenix arizona we got the prince of positivity alexander k lee joining us as well gentlemen let's get into this jose we have a main event between tiago santos and magomed ankalaev santos took on john jones took him to the limit even with the severe injury basically fought the majority of that fight at ufc 239 on one leg took over a year off to recover then he gets finished by glover Teixeira, loses the decision to alexander rakic then he bounced back with the win over Johnny Walker in the main event uh, back in October. And it wasn't a fight that wasn't very like aesthetically pleasing. Not one folks are going to be hankering to go back and watch again. But on the other end, we got Magomed Ankalaev, seven wins in a row. He's coming off the big win against Volkan Ozdemir in October. And many believe, including our own Jed Mishu, that this might be the guy at 205. He just needs an opportunity to prove it. So your thoughts on this main event between Tiago Santos and Magomed Ankalaev. Uh, this is fantastic main event. This is like I always say, an extremely high level martial arts competition that really does need no other storyline involved to get me excited. I mean, for as much as we talk about the UFC light heavyweight division kind of being one of the weaker and shallow divisions uh, in the entire UFC, the premier organization in mixed martial arts, which is a far cry from what, like the early 2000s when we had Chuck Tito, Rampage, Randy Couture, like, like all those guys kind of running, running house uh, in the, at the 205 pound division. Ankalaev is only 29. I just looked that up this morning. I thought he was in his 30s. So we have a sub 30 year old that's making waves in the light heavyweight division against someone who, yeah, the Johnny Walker fight kind of sucked uh, in terms of excitement. The Ratchet fight wasn't great. The Glove Share fight was fun until it ended. And then the John Jones fight was, I thought, a very exciting fight. And before then, he was just murking fools, including. Former champion Jan Blachowicz. So I like everything about this fight. I do think it's Ankalaev's fight to lose. I just think he's an absolute monster. He should technically, I think he should, well, he should be undefeated. If he had lasted one second against Paul Craig, he might have already fought for the title because he'd be, what, like an eight something fight win streak in the 200 and 205 pound division in the UFC. So love everything about this fight. And I'm very glad this is a five round main event. I know there's a lot of other awesome fights on this card, but specifically, I want to see Ankalaev over five rounds. I want want to see Tiago Santos have five rounds to decapitate a fool. I, I love everything about this fight. Hey, okay, we talked about Tiago's last performance against Johnny Walker. And yes, it was not a fun fight. But at the same time, who cares if you're Tiago Santos? Because goes out, gets a win that he needed very badly, goes home with two paychecks, is about to be a dad. Who cares what anybody thinks? But sort of adding to that slow countering patient style he used, you can make an argument, AK, and he discussed this at the media day, the approach he took in his last fight might actually be his best path to victory 
against a guy like Ankalaev. So what do you think about that? What do you think about this fight in general? Yeah, look, the more strategic he can be against a guy like Ankalaev, the better. I, I just don't he, don't know if he's going to have a choice in the matter. Um, as Jose pointed out, Ankalaev is just 29 years old. He's in his prime. Uh, he's very explosive. Uh, he is he is a hard. We say he is a Dagestani 29. So that's a pretty hard 29. He's got you know he's got some serious like training mileage on him, among with just like general life experience um but tiago santos is a real life 38 and also uh, again in terms of fight years probably uh well past 40 um so it, it's it's great to want to be patient it's great to want to say i'm going to go that sort of this hard five rounds but man can you do it against a guy like An- as talented ankalaev i don't know um because the counter to that is maybe his best his best option is to instead, you know, go berserk in round one and try and get that first round finish. He's, he's shown, man, he can hurt anybody at 205. Like, he's finished Jan Blahovitz. Uh, he, he had some success against uh, uh, Glover. So maybe that's the way. Maybe he can't afford to be patient. Maybe if he lets, uh, if, if he tries to extend the fight too long, that plays in Ankalaev's hands. Again, the younger fighter. Um, so I do like the idea that he can maybe uh, drag Ankalaev into a more tactical fight because it's not like Ankalaev is some berserker either, you know, who again, who can only last like, you know, who has to get it done in the first or second round. Um, but boy, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a lot easier said than done. And there's just, it just feels like there's so many more ways for Tiago Santos to lose this fight than there is for, he to win, for him to win them. Uh, and that really just speaks to how good Ankalaev is. I feel like we need to kind of keep the spotlight on you, AK, for a moment, if we could, because people have actually questioned your nickname this year, the Prince of Positivity, mm-hmm. especially these last Fair. couple of fight night cards. Fair. Your Fair. gymnastic score has not been uh, been all that high. You, you basically put mm-hmm. it at like the minimum number that you you actually allow yourself to give yeah. these cards on paper. I Legally, feel like this yeah. one might be a little bit different. So what, what are we looking at here? Do you want to explain yourself to the people who think that you might oh. you might be the Prince of Meh instead of the Prince of Positivity? <laughs> well, I, I, listen, I have been the Prince of Meh for a couple of weeks. I've also been the Prince of Positivity for cars that other people weren't looking forward to. I, I quite enjoyed the the uh, Strickland Hermanson card for what it was outside the top two fights. I, I liked that one ahead of time. I liked it after. Uh, but there is, but there are two cards uh, recently. I think uh, the one where you know, unfortunately, RDA fell out. Uh, the Makachev RDA fight. So that you know, that was almost not their fault that it lost a really big main event, and we were sort of left with the intrigue of Bobby Green, which was fun to talk about. In execution, uh, you know, wasn't that fun to watch, unfortunately. Uh, but that card was, I mean, again, that had the quote-unquote Wellington Terman, Misha Serkinov co-main event. Again, not really a co-main event. Uh, and same with the the card. Um, the Walker, what was the Walker Hill card? And my beef with these cards is one, they were just filled with um, fights that I felt like had low importance as far as uh, divisional, you know, ranking, as far as what could it mean for them uh, moving towards a title shot, plus potentially low entertainment value, plus a lot of fighters making their debuts. Um, again, we know that's what the contender series is for, is to bring these, you know, these new names in, and that's fine. But it just felt like there was a quite a cluster of these names getting put on there, and it just it just didn't look good on paper. I think we have a much better card to look forward to. I'm definitely the Prince of Positivity with this one on, on Saturday. Terrence McKinney's fighting again. He's so exciting to watch. Uh, Khalil Roundtree and Carl Roberson, that's like a perfect like little uh, light heavyweight fight to put on the main card. You're, you're pretty sure someone's getting KO'd. Uh, Alex Caceres getting a well-deserved main card spot. And then a lot of good names on the uh, prelims too. Yes, we have some some de- uh, some debutants, but some who I know have a lot of steam behind them. I, I've heard a lot of good things about AJ Fletcher. Uh, Camilla Kirk had a great debut against Makwan Amir Khani. Uh, Chris Moutinho, I, I actually am excited to see him again. I know, I know a lot of people kind of treat him as a punchline because the O'Malley fight. So this card has depth and has a strong main card. I didn't even mention Alex Pajeda and uh, Bruno Silva. I know we'll do some deep cut talk later, but again, just a cursory glance of the card. Like this is this is legitimate. This is like an eight eight point five. I feel like uh, at best. Yeah, we spoke on on to the next one. I felt I feel like this is the best fight night card of the year so far. I mean, I know it's only March, but thus far, I think this is the best fight night card of the year. But going back to the main event, Jose, we like to ask this question during these preview shows because we have two high level fighters. Both need wins for different reasons. Santos needs it to stay in contention. He'll probably still have a little bit of a ways to go. But I mean, if he goes out there and beats Ankalaev, he's absolutely in play. While Ankalaev, if he goes out there and gets an impressive win, you can make a strong argument that he gets the winner of Teixeira versus Prohashka when they fight in June. Maybe he finds himself as a backup for that fight if something goes wrong and one of these guys can't make it. So like you said, even though 205 isn't the deepest division on the planet and a loss doesn't hurt on a massive scale because of that, who do you think needs this one more, Santos or Ankalaev? 
Probably Thiago Santos solely to keep him, his name relevant at the top of the light heavyweight division. Like, yeah, he fought John Jones, took him to the brink. I remember a lot of people even I, I I'm not in this category, but I know a lot of our fans when we were streaming the, the press conference thought that Thiago Santos won on with no knees. Uh, so but then what he lost three in a row against the three really high level competition like three incredible fighters and one of them is a current champion so Thiago Santos obviously needs this if he loses that's what four or five if correct me if I'm wrong so anytime you lose four or five regardless of who you're losing it to it's not a good look especially if you're losing to the high level guys the UFC has cut bait with a lot of guys that have surprised us solely because they're expensive and they're not going to be fighting for the title anymore like JDS and like Overeem Yoel Romero all these guys so uh Thiago Santos is almost 40 if 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 I'm not mistaken and losing four or five pushing 40 regardless of how exciting you are uh is not the best look I mean we were having the same conversation about Johnny Walker and Jamal Hill and I says if Johnny Walker goes out there and just absolutely gets melted in the first round that's worst case scenario so I'm going to reiterate the same thing if Jago Santos goes out there and just gets either 50 40 Ford or just gets decapitated in round one not a good look but uh Jago Santos has put on some epic performances even in losses so uh, I'm not expecting that against this one. Well, I'm expecting something like that in this one, I should say. But obviously, if Ankalaev loses, he's, I don't think he falls that far, especially because the UFC kind of want, wants to make a foothold on, in Abu Dhabi anytime they go back to that part of the world. I assume he's going to be on that card. Uh, so it's in, in a high-profile spot. So even a loss here, I don't think hurts him too much. It might just be a speed bump down the road. AKA according to our friends at DraftKings, the line on this fight has uh, has closed a little bit. Yesterday I looked at it. Magomed Ankalaev was a minus 600 favorite. But right now, as I look at it currently, some money coming in on Tiago Santos. Ankalaev now a minus 490 favorite. Comeback on Tiago Santos, plus 360. So who needs this one more, AK? Can you make the... Because it took... We've been waiting for Magomed Ankalaev to get a fight like this for like two years. Get a main event spot. Get a... Get get a veteran name, a guy who's fought for the title, like just looking for that big fight. Like Volkan Ozdemir, yeah, good name, but Tiago Santos, I think, is like a little bit better of a step up. We're in a we're in a five round fight. This is the kind of fight we're looking for. And it took a while for him to get here. So can you make the argument that Magomed Ankalaev needs this one more? Or are you with Jose that Tiago Santos needs to win this fight more than Ankalaev does? No, definitely. There's, there's a strong argument that Ankalaev needs it. He legitimately probably has a title fight on the line. Uh, the, I mean, you, you, there, there's certainly a case to be made that he might need one more after this, but it puts him at least on the short list. If he won this fight in dominating fashion, there would be zero surprise if he was uh, not necessarily guaranteed, but ends up getting a title shot sometime this year without having to fight again. So that's a lot. I mean, that's huge. Jose mentioned, uh, you know, the, the Paul Craig setback. He's had a bunch of weird little bumps that have prevented him from getting that title shot that he's clearly like talented enough to get. The Paul Craig loss was one of the most unlikely shocking losses in history. A fight he was dominating for, for uh, 14 minutes and 59 seconds. And then he has this kind of pointless uh, two fight feud with Jan Kuchalava, which takes up his entire 2020 um, because of the, you know, there was the controversy with the stoppage in the first one, which wasn't his fault. It was kind of Kuchalava being a bit of a goof and, you know, uh, d- uh, faking that he was hurt. And then really, we kind of could have moved on. I'm glad we did get the rematch. But for for Ankalaev's purposes, he, we kind of knew he was a better fighter than Kuchalaba. He, so he had, to, he had to prove it twice. Um, and that, again, that took up a whole year that was two, that was the only two times he two fights he had in 2020 and then he gets back to business takes out krilov takes out uh volkan uzdemir so he does need this he does need this it would be such a shame for him to to hit another weird bump um now unlike tiago santos yes he can lose here and still very likely fight his way to a title shot but again now we're talking about probably waiting another year he probably has to get another win later this year and then we're probably waiting until 2023 before he gets a title shot uh so if, if you're ankalaev i mean that sucks like the prospect of that sucks because we're talking about him being 29 but man, life comes at you fast in MMA. One day you're, hey, he's just 29. The next day you're, man, this guy's 32 and he still hasn't fought for the title. It happens so, so quickly. And I don't think that's going to happen to Ankalaev. But you take a weird loss to a veteran like Tiago Santos and who knows what else happens after. It, it, it can uh, it gets dark real fast, uh, as they say. So uh, I absolutely would uh, would say that um, Ankalaev has as much, if not more, to be fighting for than, than uh, Tiago Santos. 
Wow, like an MMA, almost like Ferris Buellerism right there. Life comes at you fast, AK. I like mm. that. Well done. How to how to turn that into MMA? So we got a couple of like interesting factors in this fight. One, it's the five rounder, which you know Tiago Santos has been there many times. This is Ankalaev's first UFC five rounder, and then we got the fact that this is at the apex. So we got the smaller cage that might play a factor into this fight as well. So with that being said, Jose, time for the picks. We'll begin with you. Who gets this one done? Heavy favorite Ankalaev maybe gets himself into a title fight or can Tiago Santos pull off the big upset and get into the title discussion himself? Uh, when I say you can absolutely pull off the upset, I'm just answering it in, in the terms of the question. I don't think Tiago Santos winning would be that massive of an, of an upset. I mean, the man is an incredibly high level mixed martial arts fighter an incredibly dangerous Muay Thai fighter. But at the end of the day, I do think Ankalaev gets it done. I just think he's stronger, faster, uh, this is his. It's it's just it's weird to say, but I just think he's clicking at all cylinders right now. And Tiago Santos, his last fight was left much to be desired. Even his two previous few losses after that left a lot to be desired. I just think it's Ankalaev's fight to lose. I do. I don't. I'm not quite with Jed in saying that he's going to be a future champion because I think Yuri Prohaska is a bad dude, and I think he's going to win the title. And then I would like to see that fight at some point, but. Magomed Ankalaev is just an absolute monster. His last fight against Volkan Ozdemir. Volkan Ozdemir, again, was another former cha- former title challenger. And Ankalaev barely broke a sweat and just battered that man in Abu Dhabi. Before that, I believe it was Nikita Krylov, who I've been saying for a long time is one of the more underappreciated light heavyweights in the history of the UFC. And he, again, barely broke a sweat and then had those two weird fights against Ian Kutalaba. So I just think Ankalaev is the man in 2022. Uh, and I... I think he gets it done against Thiago Santos. I'm not, I don't know how he's going to get it done, but I do see him having his hand raised at the end of the fight. AK, who you got? I'm going Ankalaev with confidence. Um, you know, part of me is tempted to, to side with the Brazilian vet, which I did a few times uh, on the USC 272. But uh, listen, I was way off on the Bryce Mitchell um, Edson Barbosa fight. I thought that that was a case of, uh, you know, a Brazilian veteran with, with too much striking uh, facing a guy who, you know, hadn't, hadn't shown me yet that they can, they can beat a veteran opponent. Ankalaev's a different case. He's already beaten some veteran guys. Um, he has the striking to, to hang with Santos and obviously I think a major grappling advantage. So uh, I, I am saying with confidence, you know me, I never like to say so-and-so has no chance to win, but I'm saying with confidence, this is going to be a comfortable Ankalaev win. I think he finishes uh, in the first three rounds. Um, again, this is no disrespect to Tiago Santos. He's done a lot of great things, but he is getting closer to the end of his career. Ankalaev is is right in the thick of what is a, what could really be a legitimate title run, um, and I think he goes through Tiago Santos to continue that run. This is a really interesting fight, and I mean, this is MMA, and this is like super obvious for for most fights you could ever talk about but this is one that could go down in a number of different ways like it, it could end in two minutes it could end in the championship rounds it could go the distance and you can make an argument like technically for all of these things to happen like the small cage plays a factor for me more than anything like this is on a pay-per-view and the big cage maybe i look at things a little bit differently because Ankle Life is a really good wrestler, and we've seen it displayed in some of his fights. Others, we haven't needed to see it because he could just crack. Like, he could just crack you. I think Santos is probably the more powerful guy, the more one-punch knockout kind of a fighter. But I think Ankle Life is a little more crafty, a little sneakier. But Ankle Life probably doesn't want to get himself into this, like, all-out slugfest, shot-for-shot battle with Tiago Santos. I think that's that, that's not the way he wants to go about this. I think the takedowns, the mere threat of them as the fight goes on plays a major factor. But if Santos can stay at distance and pick his shots and stay on his feet, I, I think he has a pretty good chance to win this fight. And I feel like there's two fighters on this card who are being incredibly slept on. Tiago Santos is one of them. Another one we'll talk about in a little bit. Unfortunately, even though I say that, I just feel like Ankle Live's going to land the takedowns. I think he's going to wear Santos down. Eventually, I see Tiago getting a little frustrated, possibly a little desperate, and then Ankle Live will put him away. Third round TKO for Magomed Ankle Live. But Tiago, I, I, if you want to take a dog shot on those odds on Tiago Santos, I would not, uh, I mean, I wouldn't blame you whatsoever. So, uh, as AK said, this is a really good card. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We got some real competitive matchups. I do want to touch on the co-main event because it's a fun one at 135 between Song Yidong and Marlon Marais. Song, super talented guy. And every time this guy fights or we're even talking about him, the fact that he's only 24 years old is just unbelievable. So as good as he is, he's only going to get way better and he faces Marlon Marais who has had a pretty tough stretch as of late been stopped with strikes in three straight fights four of his last five but those losses are to the top guys in this division past and present Henry Cejudo Marais even had his moments in that fight the Corey Sanhagen fight the Rob Font fight and then Rob Dwalish Willie who you could argue if there was maybe any other referee on the planet in the cage of those two guys Marais might have got himself a victory gotten the stoppage and pilled up this major upset against this incredible fighter Rob Dwalish Willie Unfortunately, he wears himself out going for the kill. And if there's one guy you don't want to get tired against, it's Marab Dewalish, really. So big opportunity for Song Yidong to get a win over a former world champion in Marlon Marais, former UFC challenger. In a must-win fight, you would have to say, for Marlon Marais, Jose Youngs, this might actually be, Jose, on paper, the best fight of the weekend. Do you agree with that, or do you not rank it that high in your eyes? Yeah. I'm not going to argue against it, but it's not my best fight of the, of the It's not the fight I'm looking for, most forward to this weekend, but I'm not going to if some if 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 you're going to die on that ill then I'm not going to argue against it. <laughs> it's an incredibly high level fight in a division that a lot of us consider one of the best. But yeah, everything about that fight rules. I do think Marlon Moraes is fighting for his UFC career at this point like you said, uh pointing out all those losses and he did he, he even lost a to, like he had the the quote unquote win over Jose Aldo, which a lot of people thought Jose Aldo won. So he could theoretically be on a five fight losing streak uh, at this point. So another loss to another high level bantamweight. And I hate to say it. If we if Marlon loses badly again, we'll probably see him in Eagle FC next. Uh, just be. It's it's an unfortunate. I'm not even saying unfortunate in terms of like Eagle FC being a bad promotion. I just there's a lot of fighters I want to see Marlon Marais fight in that happen to be in the UFC. Now I'm going to watch Marlon Marais fight wherever he fights. Uh, but at the end of the day, I actually think Marlon Marais is going to win this fight. Uh, Song Yudong is super impressive, but again, he's 24. I think he lost to Marlon Vera, uh, and then that weird draw against Cody Stamen was also weird. So he's had a couple. He's had a couple performances that I don't think he either deserved to get his hand raised and vice versa. The weird fight against Casey Kenny was a split. I actually scored that pretty comfortably for Casey Kenny, uh, but I'm not, I don't remember it specifically, but I do remember I scored for him. But I just think Marlon Moraes, more experience, more ways to win. Song Dong hits incredibly hard. He trains with Team Alpha Male, so you know he gets a lot of training partners around Marlon Moraes' size. I just think Marlon Moraes gets this done against the, and again, Marlon Moraes beating Song Yudong is just a speed bump in Song's career. A lot of people consider him a future title challenger. Just right now, on March 12th, 2022, I just think Marlon Moraes has more ways to win uh, and his back is against the wall, so he's probably going to throw everything. Uh, or it's going to be one of those weird fights like Santiago Santos did against Johnny Walker where he just kind of controls the fight or something weird like that. But I think Marlon Moraes gets this done. He has more ways to win. AK, Bantamweights. Am I right? And I know you've been a tough grader on these quote-unquote co-main events on these fight night cards, AK, but this one has to pass the AKI test, right? This is oh. co-main events. This is not second-to-last fight territory. This is co-main event in your eyes, right? This is this is legit. This is the number, Marlon Moraes, the number 11 ranked 
bantamweight and MMA fighting's global rankings. Okay, so that's that's a ranked guy. He's fought for the UFC title before. He's a former uh, World Series of Fighting champion. Uh, Song Yadong, again, as as Jose mentioned, uh, it's just a blue chip prospect. Uriah Faber has said said years ago. He said this guy is going to win uh, the UFC title someday. So I don't know how close we are to that, but Marlon Moraes is like the perfect litmus test for that. Uh, this, this is one of those crossroads fights, right? I mean, this is where we, we learn a lot about uh, Marlon Moraes. You know, there's no shame in losing to um, a Rob. There's no shame in losing to a Rob Font. There's no shame in losing to a Sanhagen. But as uh, Jed Mishu is always reminding me, at some point, you've got to just start winning fights again. It, it doesn't matter who your competition is. You know, once you reach this level, the UFC is not going to help build you back up. They're not going to throw you freebies um, unless for some reason you decide to like jump in on short notice and take a fight, which is, again, not a not really advantageous for a veteran to do either because the game is so unpredictable um, and, and you wouldn't risk that. So he's in a very tough spot uh, facing a guy. He's almost a decade older than, so hungry, has a knack for winning fights. Say what you want about some of those decisions. Casey Kenny. Uh, Chito Vera, Cody Stamen, he he just has a way of getting away without without a loss um, outside outside of the uh, getting decision by by Collar Phillips. So, man, this is so dangerous for Marlon. But I do think this doesn't go to a decision. I do think this goes to a finish. In that case, I am favoring uh, Marlon. I'll go as far as I say I think Marlon maybe becomes the first guy to submit Song Yudong. We haven't seen like we haven't seen that as like a particularly weakness for Song the grappling, but I think. Uh, again, this is sort of a do or die, um, you know, wounded animal situation. And I think we get the best of magic on Saturday and we do get a submission finish from him. Uh, I'm not super confident about it. Song Yudong is great, but I will. This time I am leaning towards the Brazilian bet. Yeah, Song's a minus 240 favorite. Comeback on Marlon is plus 195. I love this fight. It's a tough fight. I'm curious to see what Marlon's approach is going to be in this fight because when I spoke with him prior to the Marab fight, I mean, he just looked, you, you could feel the aura. He, he was he was feeling himself. The positivity was there. Said he was healthy for the first time in a long time. Wasn't hampered by lingering, annoying injuries. Dude was ready to go, and it showed in the fight. Like, he looked outstanding early. Clipped Marab. He hurt him bad. Had that killer instinct. And it actually was to his detriment to have that killer instinct. But no one should really fault him for that because very few thought Marab would actually survive that onslaught or anybody would survive an onslaught like that. But you know, it seems obvious, but if Song can get this fight extended, get it into the third round, his chances to win increase quite a bit. But I'm with both of you guys. I think Marlon Marais gets it done. I think he will wobble Song early. I don't think he'll go in and just blow his gasket. If he does hurt him, I think he'll be a little more patient with the finish. Uh, so I'm with you guys. Give me the magic man for the upset. So uh, before we go to the peeps, what's the fight on this card outside of these two Jose Youngs that you have your eye on the most and why? What's your... Jose Young's high-level martial arts pick outside of the the main and co-main event. The main card. That is literally the answer. Every single fight on the main card is a high-level. Like, there's even fights on the prelim card. Like, we talked about this, but this fight card is absolutely fantastic. Every single fight, because I knew you were going to ask this. So this morning, I was sitting down, and I was trying to pick a a low-key banger. Every single fight on the main card is a 10 out of 10 martial arts competition. But if we're going to include storylines and everything, I mean, it's Alex Pajeda, Bruno Silva. Alex Pajeda is doing all, talking all, saying all the right things, kind of hype a future rematch against Israel Adesanya, the current middleweight champion. And this is prize fighting after all. So the more interested fans are in a certain fight, the more likely that fight will be made. Bruno Silva has been absolutely melting fools for a long time. I think what is how many fights they have in the UFC, three or four, maybe two or three. They both went by TKO. And then I think he had three or four uh, KO wins in M1 as well, including, if I'm not mistaken, against Alexander Shlomenko, former Bellator uh, middleweight champion. So Bruno Silva is an incredibly violent fighter who happens to be a very nice man. I think he has like 18 or 19 total KO wins out of like 20-something or something like that. And then Alex Pajeda. The second he signed on to the UFC, the conversation of who's the best striker in the UFC had another element to, to take into consideration. So uh, if we're just going MMA, Bruno Silva probably wins. I haven't seen a whole lot of Alex Pajeda's grappling, but he's knocking fools out like he should uh, as a incredibly high-level glory kickboxer. And I really want to see, selfishly want to see them is him rematch Israel Asanya. Don't know who's going to win. Don't particularly care, but someone's dying in that fight, and that is my highly technical prediction. Someone gets carted off, and I have no idea who. 
That's my choice as well. Uh, AK is gone. He has turned into a hologram silhouette of a of a long haired woman. Now he's back, I'm and back. I can't hear him. Now he's muted. A professional broadcast uh, through and through here with MMAfighting.com. But I'm with you, Jose. I think this is the fight. I think people. This is kind of like the oh yeah fight because you look at the top like four or five fights on the card, and then you for you, it's almost like you almost forgot that this fight was on the card. But I mentioned people sleeping on Tiago Santos. Bruno Bruno Silva is number two. He might be one B in this conversation. Everyone sleeping on Bruno Silva. He's not getting mentioned in a lot of this stuff, man. Everyone's you go and look at everybody's predictions. Everyone's picking Alex Behedich to go in there and melt this guy. Like, what is going on here? This is a guy who in the the only award show that matters was number three MMA Fighting Rookie of the Year voting three and oh three knockouts. Took three hard shots of the ding-ding against Andrew Sanchez. Overcame it. Get, gets a finish. Finishing fools left and right. Nobody's talking about this guy. And I think he's a very live underdog. But that fight's going to be absolutely incredible. This has been the Alex Bejeda show since the fight was booked. It's been the Alex Bejeda show all week in terms of how people view this fight. Like, people think just Bruno's the next victim for this guy. And Bruno is is super legit. So I love this fight for, for multiple reasons. AK, what's your... What's your non-main event slash co-main event fight of the night you're looking forward to and why? Yeah, look, I mean, look, how can you not be excited about the Silva Bejeda fight? I mean, uh, it's Silva has uh, well, a blendado, we say, because there's so many Bruno Silvas running around, uh, has spoiler written all over him. I mean, him with him and Chris Curtis and uh, Rodriguez uh, were like three three of my favorite like stories of the middleweight division. Like they just kind of, they kind of breathed some air into it. We just saw Rodriguez lose to uh Petrosian, unfortunately. But, but outside of that, like it was, it felt like a, just a nice little burst of life and three guys who were like veterans too. It wasn't like new, new un- guys, like unpredictable properties. It was like legitimately, you know, three guys who can make, who could do some damage. So obviously I'm excited for that fight, but I am so fascinated to see what's going to happen with uh Terrence McKinney. I I I don't know if uh, that one win he had earlier this month. Just I, I guess it wasn't this month. It was still the end of that was the end of February, right? That yeah. was yeah okay. So so technically not this month. Uh, so he didn't he he still has not reached the ranks of the uh, Farves in our global rankings. Fighters also receiving votes. It's a it's a real phrase, guys. Kids are using it. Okay, um, but <laughs> I I wonder. If he picks up uh, like a, another first round finish of Drew Dober, man, I mean that might that might push. I don't know if that's going to push people into into our top 15s. I'm definitely going to have to think about it. There's so much hype and so much excitement around a guy like this who has such an amazing story. He's on a ridiculous finishing streak. Like I don't know if you know. I don't think we make enough because the story is so cool. Um, I shouldn't say cool. I mean, somewhat tragic, but also inspirational the way he, he came back from it. I don't think people realize how he came to the UFC. He So he started off as 2021, 16-second TKO. Uh, followed that with a 17-second head kick knockout. 72 seconds his next fight, and then he makes the debut with UFC and sets the record for the fastest finish by a, a debuting fighter, fastest finish in lightweight history, seven seconds. So And, and then he shows off his grappling. He's done everything you can to to make himself look like someone who will be a future UFC lightweight champion. It, it, it is too much too soon for sure to be making a claim like that. But if he takes out a guy like Dober, who has been ranked by the UFC, he's been top 15 in the UFC previously. Man, I mean, we're talking again. We're talking about him maybe coming in for a spot in his own. So I am so intrigued by that fight. And Drew Dober is just an exciting fight in general. So it's a great partner for him. And it's a great opportunity for McKinney, who uh, is living up to what he said. He said, hey, book me as soon as possible if I'm healthy. Got a clean bill of health. Here he is two weeks, uh, two weeks after his last fight. And uh, that to me is like the, yeah, the non main event banger. We got Alex Casera, Sudik Yusuf on this main card, which I really love that fight. Uh, Khalil Roundtree, Carl Roberson, Jose mentioned that one earlier. Uh, Matthew Semmelsberger, AJ Fletcher on the prelims, JJ Aldrich, Julian Robertson on the prelims, Trevin Jones, Javid Basharat making his UFC debut. That's on the prelims. Damon Jackson, Kamuela Kirk, Sabina Mazo, Miranda Maverick stepping in on short notice. She's back. Cody Brundage, Dalcha Lagambula. Guido Canetti against the returning Chris Boutinho and then Tafan Inchukwi versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. So there's going to be a lot of highlights on this card. I, I have a feeling some some good fights, some highlight reel finishes. This is exactly what you're looking for. So 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go to the peeps. Let's see what they have to say. And uh, they Mike, can ask I, I, about anything. I, I, Mike, did you see the poll? <laughs> I did I was, not, but did I figured you, there's one coming. I was about did, the poll. Did you know that there's a poll? Uh, I, 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 I just want to remind people, they may not have seen it. I whipped it out as soon as we started this, cha- uh, this, uh, this show. So uh, I asked, how excited are you for Saturday's UFC Vegas 50 event? Uh, I, the options were uh, obviously the top, peeing myself with excitement, uh, looks okay, will watch, hard pass, and then worst lineup ever. So uh, mostly positive. It's 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 eighty. Not, it's eight. Not a lot of pant peeing. Listen, it's well, not as much as I'd like to see normally, but it's it's eighty seven percent. It's eighty seven percent positive. Sixty three percent looks okay, will watch. So that's good. I mean, that's you know, if, if you have ESPN Plus and you have nothing else to do, they'll have it on. That's that's good, I think. And twenty three percent soiled. So that's pretty strong. <laughs> you like to see it. So, so this is where, where your diapers. I mean, if you if, if, if you rephrase <laughs> that first one, do you think that number would have been higher? <laughs> Quite possibly, yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough for future <laughs> polls. <laughs> Let's see what the peeps have to say. Right. Uh, the innuendo with these this, these poll explanations. I don't hear it. Is it better for Maverick's trajectory that she has taken two losses early in her career? That is, will these losses help her become a contender in the future opposed to getting too close to the sun? So Miranda Maverick's an interesting tale, AK, because she comes out, has a tremendous debut, just looks sensational. She goes on the media tour. Everyone's asking her about Valentina Shevchenko. She's saying that, you know, give me a couple of years. I'm going to fight her. I'm going to beat her. She's already sizing her up, already breaking her down. And then she's got a couple losses now. Now she's uh she's she's trying to she's trying to bounce back, jumping in a short notice against Sabina Mazo. Do you think these losses help her become a contender in the future, or maybe you know I I I think a lot of us are very high on her. Maybe we're a little too high on her. What 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 are we thinking here? Normally, I'd say uh, yes, especially because she's only yes that the loss will help her because she's only twenty four years old. I think if you look at any fighter's record, not any fight, I would say, they're, 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 but there are several fighters that we consider stars now, that we consider dominant fighters now, who had sort of odd losses in their records in their early 20s. They just weren't in the UFC. Uh, they weren't under that microscope. So it's almost unfair to just say, to like, to view these losses that way, just because they happened in the UFC. It's a different kind of division. She's It's a different kind of opposition. Again, she's only 24. However, however, uh, Miranda Maverick has the disadvantage of being a well-rounded human being. Um, so my concern for her is that she has, <laughs> this is, this sounds horrible, kids stay in school. Don't listen to what I'm about to say. My concern for her is that she has interests and passions outside of fighting. Uh, you know, she, it's very well documented that as she was being a full-time fighter, she was also pursuing like, I think a PhD. Um, she's a very intelligent young woman, uh, super talented fighter, obviously. Uh, it, it's, I think it's just. It's it's it, but if someone like her, I feel like loses fights. I almost feel like they, there's that there's that option of like, oh okay, fighting didn't work out for me. I have other things to do. There's there isn't that that uh, I don't know if she has that same desperation. Now I could be completely wrong. You know, Miranda Maverick could s- smack me into the face and say, look, there's nothing I care more about than fighting. You're a you're a jackass, uh, and I would totally understand that. But this is just again from the outside looking in. I feel like she, because she has options, I do wonder how much more uh, losses she'd be willing to take and and climb out of that 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 hole in the rankings to someday become a contender because the talent is there we know that talent is there she's a very good athlete but we've seen her now lose to well lose clearly to one fighter who's younger than her and then really get robbed of victory against basie barber um so yes on paper it should make her stronger but again there's if you know more stuff about her i do wonder if um if fighting is something that she feels that she has to dedicate everything in her life to i don't know so she lost that fight because she's yeah. too hard is that what you're saying okay no, she lost that. Uh, the the uh, she lost to Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, Aaron Blanchfield is the better fighter right now. She lost to Blanchfield because Blanchfield's a beast. 
Yeah, but the question is, how much can she learn from her losses? And I don't know how much I don't know how much she can learn from a fight like that. That's I, I think that's a very discouraging loss. The, I think the Blanchfield loss is going to be great for her uh, because that's a that's a loss that really teaches you a lot. The Barber loss. I'm gonna put this little graphic up real quick. <laughs> Just yeah. a reminder that was one of the robberies of the year. I know yes, we throw that word I, around, but look at that. Just look at that. Oh, listen. Anyone who follows Robbery Review knows I er, that I do. I, I started doing Robbery Review to dispel the notion that certain fights are robberies. This fight was a robbery. Uh, okay. You guys can find that at Mayfine.com. You can Google Robbery Review and, and Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber. That's one of the rare fights that I said, yeah, listen, this is this is a robbery. The judges just clearly got this one wrong. Yeah, I think um, yeah. I think this is actually a great fight for her. Her jumping in on to fight Sabita Mazo, excellent. I don't know who manages her. Actually, yeah, I forget who manages her, but whoever did and brought this to her attention, smart move. This is a very winnable fight for her. Sabina is is tough, man. She can crack, but if Miranda gets this fight to the ground, she should win this one rather convincingly so i think this is the perfect fight for her to come back to jose your thoughts on miranda maverick and her coming back after these two losses i mean it's the women's flyweight division uh you can win three three four in a row and all of a sudden you're fighting for the title i think at one point including myself i thought miranda maverick i don't think i ever i never said miranda was going to win the title but i think she would just get to at least a title shot pretty rapidly she was saying all the right things uh she even called out antonita shevchenko i think after her like her her win over jillian robertson just because like you know if i beat her sister that's a quicker path to the title so even she was trying to take that quick pack to the title uh the macy barber fight she won there's really nothing to learn from it because yeah. she won the fight i don't care what the judges said so yeah you win or learn she won. She didn't. Look, she can't learn anything from that. And then Aaron Blansfield, I think, is just a better fighter. Trey, there's no. I. I'm a big fan of Trace Cortez. She's a very nice human being. Aaron Blansfield definitely beat Trace Cortez and Invicta. Aaron Blansfield should be undefeated, but Miranda Maverick also has a couple losses in Invicta and not even like knockout or submissions. Like she just got beaten up early in her career, so losses aren't new to her. Uh, so yeah, she'll learn. And if you remember her loss to Aaron Blanchfield, she was not in the mood to talk to her coaches. She kind of stormed out the next day. She put out the statement saying she doesn't know what happened. She just didn't perform this and that. So if anything, I don't think if there's anything technically to learn because she didn't really do anything against Aaron Blanchfield mentally. She can't even, she didn't even have the answers of what happened to that. So maybe a different mental approach or maybe dealing with certain things inside the cage. But technically I don't think there's much to learn. Uh, from there, Blanchfield fights. She just got beat up by just a better fighter. Yeah, I I really saw the Aaron Blanchfield Maverick fight has. I mean, I know not everything's the same, but kind of like um, uh, Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway fighting on the early prelims. Not, I'm not saying these two fighters are going to be the next Shevchenkovs, but I think they would. Both of these fighters are going to be permanent top ten fighters for a while. They just fought very early in their UFC career. That's all that was. To me yeah and, and let me say i hope i'm very wrong about the my my you know saying that oh because miranda maverick is a well-rounded human being she might not become a ufc champion casey feel free to clip that later someday when she gets her <laughs> title shot and to, remember when this remember when this idiot said you couldn't chase a phd and chase a ufc title <laughs> like just clip that and then we'll we'll spread that out there and i'll be yeah, i'll be yeah. very embarrassed so i hope she proves me wrong yeah also also like mike said samina bought my Sabina Mazo is really good. She gets a lot of head mm -hmm. kick knockouts for a lady. So this is not a, oh, Miranda Maverick bounces back easy. She's fighting a really high-level striker, too. So this is a good fight. Yeah. Mike, Mike we've said this division, this, this division is very competitive. Like, this division is so much better than people give it credit for. Like, it's a, it's a really yeah. good division. Also, let's not forget Sabina Mazo's loss to Alexis Davis is a bantamweight, and then she drops it back yeah. down after that and just lost to Maria. The Maria Agapova fight, I think, loss was is a little weird. I thought she was going to dominate that, and I think if they fight ten times, I think Sabina wins nine of them. Hmm. She just got submitted against Maria. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I hope whoever loses this fight, I hope the UFC doesn't. I, basically, I hope they the loser gets another fight because it'll be a three fight losing streak for the loser. And mm. both of these women deserve to be fighting in the UFC. So, yeah, it's, it's a very like Sabina had Marina Moroz. Sabina had Marina Moroz in her first UFC fight, yeah. and Marina is so underrated. Yeah, she is. Like as you saw this yeah. past Saturday. Yep, yep. Uh, I will okay. say though, leaving leaving the UFC might not be the worst thing. You know, mm. as you said, UFC is not the place to rebuild your sure. confidence and career, right? So it might not be the worst thing. 
Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, I know we kind of answered this before, but. Uh, I, I mean, I think we're, I mean, he's definitely in the hunt with a win. I, mean, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Uh, you're, you're I mean, it's just night, a difference yeah. of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's either getting the next shot or he needs one more win. So that'd be, that's it. Does he yeah. have Num- the number, fan number push, seven in our rankings? Do you think? That's what I think. I think he has the fan. I think he has the fan push in the sense that if the UFC goes back to Abu Dhabi in October, would you be surprised if Ankalaev and Islam Makhchev fought for the titles on Abu Dhabi? Uh, Not me. Nope. I think it'd be there a geographical go. thing. Or even if Islam fights Benil on in Abu Dhabi in the coma, and you know Ankalaev could fight in the main event, and Islam, well, honestly, Islam and Hamzat. Should be could both main event over ankle live regardless of whether it's a title shot or not. But yeah, all those guys are going to get fast tracked the title solely because, uh, you know the UFC has to touch down and and even Dana was D- Dana said like if Islam fights for the title it's probably going to be in Abu Dhabi, so it's going to happen. Okay. Um, uh, comment from Andrew Kelly. Khalil Roundtree brings the violent vibes. Love that dude when he's in the zone and see that's the last. Five words. That's always the thing with Khalil when he's in the zone. Because <laughs> when he is in the zone, we get the performance against Vanessa and Bukaskis. We get the performance against Eric Anders. When he's not in the zone, yeesh, this could be a tough night for him. But I like the matchmaking. Hope um, uh, good vibes. I'm saying out good vibes, both guys. We have an exciting fight. Yeah, Roundtree is one of those guys. When he wins, he wins big, and he wins. It's scary when he wins. Type of he's that he brings that type of violence when he when he's or, on his a game, or he just puts you in a wood chipper. Like because Eric Anders oh, yeah. didn't get finished, but Eric Anders basically just got shot in the face for fifteen minutes. You know, it felt like he got finished in my mind. I felt like Eric, Eric, yeah. Eric Anders got knocked out because it was so one sided. You're right. Yeah, because then everyone's after that fight. Because even before that, like. I, I know he lost Johnny Walker on Johnny Walker's rise, but he knocked out, he freaking knocked out Gokun Saki, which is yeah. still crazy to think about. Uh, and then that started with like, oh, Bangkok rated Khalil Roundtree, and then he just got eaten alive by Eon and I think Copenhagen, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what this question means. I'm going to throw it up there. Is AK's chest tattoo bigger or smaller than Tobago's? To bake okay. what? Does this mean anything? That that, that had to be Tiago. That, Tobago had to be Tiago. <laughs> Autocorrect. Yeah. Tiago. Uh, Autocorrect. Is my is my is my chest tattoo is my chest tattoo showing? Is my chest tattoo showing? Oh no, hold on. You never get a real job that sorry, chest guys. tattoo. Okay. People aren't people aren't supposed to know about that. People aren't supposed to know about that. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Next question. Next question. Yeah, but, <laughs> button that up. Button uh, that up. That's 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 embarrassing. That's <laughs> I apologize. That's embarrassing. I, I didn't know it was showing. Uh. Is he fighting for his UFC job? Are we? Is it that dire? You think we're there? I mean, Jose, you were kind of like leaning in that right? direction, but I don't think you're fully. I think if that. I think if he loses, he'll get maybe one more. But I, I think this he's not going to be in the main event if he loses, because he's an exciting fighter. Like yeah. you're going to have to give him guys to like. Pe- there's people on the up and up. Dude. Like Tiago Santos can just be a gatekeeper. Or, I mean, he could drop to middleweight again if he wanted to because he jumped up to light heavyweight kind of a means to an end because the UFC needed a last-minute replacement for a couple fights, and he just kept winning, so he stayed. So he could drop to middleweight at some point. Yeah, I think for Santos, yeah. I think, yeah, his job is fine with the UFC, but I think his, I think the idea of him ever fighting for a title again might be gone yeah. if he loses uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, But, yeah, you're right. He's super exciting. And um, I don't see any reason why the UFC wouldn't keep him kind of as that kind of top 10, top 15, you know, gatekeeper, which is a great role yeah. to be in. It's just, it pays the bills. So <laughs> nothing wrong like with he, that. He, he uh, if I remember, like his last light heavy, the middleweight win was against Kevin Holland, if I remember correctly. And like he won. And then I'm pretty yeah. sure like he ended up ha- like taking a last minute fight to replace someone. And then I can't remember who it was again. So it might have even Anders. been Jimmy Manoa. Oh, maybe. Is that Eric Anders? Well, no. So Anders I think so. I think Jimmy Manawa, if, if I remember correctly, I think Jimmy Manawa was supposed to fight Glover Teixeira, and then Jimmy Manawa got hurt, so Tiago Santos stepped in, or he stepped in for Glover, I mean, to fight Jimmy Manawa, and then Jimmy Manawa ended up getting hurt, so Eric Anders stepped in. So the original fight was <laughs> two completely different guys, and then they ended up having two middleweights fight a light heavyweight, 
And then when Tiago won, he ended up then fighting Jimmy Manoa, which is one of the craziest fights I've ever seen in my life. And then he ended up knocking out Janovic in, Pro- in uh, Prague, if I remember correctly. And then he fought John Jones. So again, Tiago Santos only moved up because they needed him to. And he just kept winning. So he could drop to middleweight if, if he needs a, a change of scenery, I should say. I do wonder how many of these fighters, because we know there's a very good relationship between the UFC and Eagle FC. I do wonder how many of these veteran yeah. fighters will just start naturally migrating towards Eagle FC because all the veterans who have gone there have talked about how great the pay is. Uh, and Tiago, we mentioned Marlon Marais earlier, a, a logical fit for there. Maybe Tiago Santos, if he loses, again, I don't know how many fights he has left, but at some point, just there's a mutual agreement. Okay, don't worry about it. Don't resign. I'm going to go to Eagle and fight, take some fights there. Wouldn't hate. Tiago Santos fighting at 195 if Eagle FC is sticking on sticking with Ooh. these crazy uh, white classes. Go. Right? Cruise, what, what would that be? What are we calling that? It's not cruiserweight. It's super light heavyweight. Is that oh, what we're oh, going to call Super middleweight? Super middleweight is what we're going to call oh, it. Oh, who do I credit? Oh, my gosh. Did you see the person on Twitter who – I think it was – I want to say it was Millington, Andrew Millington, who said uh, the 165 should be called svel- svelterweight. I thought that was so good. <laughs> I thought that was like we have. How is that not official? How is that not official? It's that's super so light. Super lightweight is the official. Super, one, right? yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I like, so I'm like super middleweight weight fighter or, Tiago or, Santos or, or wimpy welterweight. How about that? Welterweight. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, shout shout you know out! Shout out Andrew Millington on on Twitter for. Uh, While we're talking um, Eagle FC, we've got some questions about him. <sighs> what happens if Kevin Knight oh, loses? Know. Well, he's not going to. So. Bad question. Yeah. yeah. Anything, guys. If, stranger things have happened. Come on. Crazier things have happened. It's true. If Kevin Lee loses, uh, has Kevin Lee lost to someone know. this so far behind him in the rankings before? I mean, it would be kind of it would be new to him. I don't. Oh, maybe the knockout was that he had a he had a kind of a fluke knockout. Uh, San, Leo Santos kind of got him. Right, that was his first loss. So. Yeah, but, but that they, he was like twenty one, yeah, twenty two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm going, going way, I'm going yeah. way back. I'm going way back. But he wasn't yeah. that far ahead. Yeah, he wasn't that far ahead yet. Yeah. So um, this will be that's pretty a good disastrous if Kevin Lee loses. Like, who's he lost to? Like, I know he's lost to after Santos. It's like Ferguson, Ayakinta, RDA, Charles Oliveira, and yeah. Daniel Rodriguez. His last fight, like, literally, like. Yeah. Three like Charles RDA Tony are like three of like the top seven lightweights mm-hmm. ever <laughs> in the history of MMA. And if you lose to Diego Santos in 2022, it's probably not a good look. Yeah, and this is this is the weight class that he's been yeah. begging for for years. And actually, everyone has been kind of waiting for this weight class. And yeah, it would be wild <laughs> if he loses. Um. Yeah, I I think how old is he now? He's how old is uh Kevin Lee? He, again, he's one of those guys. Remember I was talking before. He's was, not like, even oh, thirty. He's not even thirty. He's, he's twenty nine. Even thirty? Yeah, that's the he's great. He's twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! His UFC debut uh, was in two thousand and fourteen. Oh my goodness! Uh, and Diego is forty. Okay, so he's eleven 40. years old, Diego's younger 40. than oh Diego is forty. Is that that's uh, a 40, forty years? Forty of, years young. Yeah, forty years. Forty years, 40 years young. young. And recovering from a very serious um, COVID. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, about, if yeah. Kevin if Kevin Lee loses at a weight class he's been calling for it to a man uh, like 10, year, 10, 12 years older than him that hasn't looked very overly tough, impressive yeah. his last few fights, like, I don't know. I don't very know. bad. Very I think it's a disaster bad. if he loses for everybody. Because yeah. Eagle FC is paying him. They went all in on Kevin Lee. Mm-hmm. They went, I mean, they got money. I don't know where this money's coming from. I'm dying to know where all this money's coming from. But they gave a lot of it to Kevin Lee to come over. And this is a, this is supposed to be a showcase fight. Like Diego's a name. And I kind of agree with Damon. Like he, yeah. he made me feel a little bit better about the matchmaking because I hated it at first. But this is a fight the UFC very likely could have made. Like they could have easily put this fight together. So Definitely. I don't, I, like it made me feel a little bit better. I'm still the whole COVID thing kind of irks me out a little bit. But this fight is yeah. here for a reason. This is a fight to draw eyeballs because of Diego Sanchez. But this is also a fight to make Kevin Lee look sensational. And if he doesn't, I mean, if he go, if he loses to Diego Sanchez tonight, or even if it's competitive, God, honestly, even if it, even if it's you know a 29-28, it, 
Oh. I mean, if it's a Diego fight, if it becomes like a Diego fight, like a yeah. brawl, like Larson is like some weird wild. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Unless it, I, I uh, guess someone, unless it's like a Gilbert type of Diego fight where Gilbert was clearly the better fighter, but it just became this crazy Diego brawl. Maybe then. I, but I just. I rewatched that fight. It, was that that crazy outside of that no, third round? It wasn't. No, it really wasn't. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm just, you know, people, people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know over, exactly what you mean. Because after that fight, after that fight, yeah, after that fight, I was like, this is the craziest fight ever. Then I watched him like, ah, fight. Yeah. It was a that good was round. The, remember the crowd? But it was the crowd. It was really the crowd that kind of yeah. really brought that fight into it. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, he dropped it. It's he dropped Gilbert in the last. So it was like a good two and a half minutes, I should say. Yeah. But those two and a half minutes were bananas. <laughs> yeah, it were bananas, yeah. By by uh, the way, by the way, I'm looking at it right now. When we were doing BTL yesterday, the betting lines were Kevin Lee minus 800. Kevin Lee, depending on where you look, if you go to one website, if you go to five dimes, Kevin Lee is a minus 2,000 favorite against Diego that Sanchez. Sounds, that sounds about right. That, <laughs> like, I think that's, that's crazy, but that sounds about right. Uh, mm. someone, Remember, but, Kevin Lee didn't look horrible against Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez just looked like no, a no. bigger fighter, yeah, and Daniel Kevin Lee just kind of got kind of got worn out toward the end. He didn't so look it horrible. Odd. It was just a weird performance. It just yeah, was yeah. a weird yeah. going. Yeah, it just looked like, looked like an off night rather than a fighter that just doesn't have it anymore. Wait, we, uh, Kevin a- Lee, Daniel Rodriguez. Al was is asking me in the comments. Ak, if Kevin Lee loses, will he be in a sticky pickle? My goodness, uh, he will be in the he will be in the stickiest of pickles. Uh, the sticky, the stickiest of pickles, which you guys have not really mentioned. It's, we've somehow avoided this word during this answering this question. Uh, retirement. W- w- does he have to start? I mean, he's only twenty nine, but does he have to start thinking about like what are his options after? I mean, Eagle FC will give him another fight. Eagle FC will de- win or lose, embarrassment or not, he's getting it. He will get it. They're apparently paying him well. He'll get another fight. He'll get another fight with Eagle FC. But if you're him, if that happens, are you like, man, I? I got to think about where, like, is this career, is this it for me? Like, is this really he'll my fight, career? Like, if, you know. He'll, he'll fight Jake Paul. Sure. It's happen. I don't think, I don't think there's, if he loses, I don't think in retirement, but I think his no. asking price goes way down, basically. Sure. That's about yeah. it. Yes. You know. I think, yeah. I don't think he's even for, yeah, he doesn't even retire, but yeah, he ain't going to get the same amount of money. Um, actually, um, one more question about Ego FC. I think this is actually a good question. Will Eagle FC become popular enough that Habib cannot swerve the PFL, Bellator, or UFC comparisons? I don't think so. I just think, I mean, I mean, they're a nice alternative. They get a nice little product. I mean, the production's a little WWE-ish with some of the camera angles. But, I mean, I had no issue. I, I had less issues watching Eagle FC's last U.S. card than UFC 272 this past Saturday. So for that, great. And they're bringing in names, great. There's just some of the names that make me scratch my head. And there's there's so many questions I have. Again, the funding. Where is this money coming from? Two, I want to know how these fighters are being paid. Like, I want to know. I want to know. I want a list of fighter payouts after all of these cards. I want to know. Marshall Rogan. Yeah, I want to know how much (laughs) the dominance MMA fighters are getting paid compared to the rest of the roster. Like, I want to know. I think that's a very fair question to ask. Tiago Silva being he looked rough. He looked pretty rough at yeah. that press conference today. The fact that this man's getting in a cage and fighting, like, good for him. Like, if this is what he really wants to do, but I mean, I'm concerned about some of the matchmaking and some of the names that they're bringing in. So, I don't know if they'll ever get that popular. Is it a nice alternative? Sure, uh, but I don't know if we're getting to that level yet. I don't know. Yeah. Ways to go. Ways to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is more for a post-fight thing, but I might as well. Something they're asking us questions. Sean Shelleth, over under. We get Izzy versus Bahada before the end of 2023. Wow. I mean, Jose, I know you hate these kinds of questions because yeah. you need to mm-hmm. see these things play out. You need to see the dominoes fall. But just have some fun with this. Like, let's just let's say Alex Bahada just goes out there and just bolts Bruno Silva tomorrow. Like, just an incredible knockout. He's the talk of the town. Is this something the UFC is going to push for, like, real quick? Are they going to try to strike while the iron's hot super fast to try to put this fight together, especially since Izzy's eventually going to go up to 205 again? I don't think they're going to – he's still going to – because Alex paid a, 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 a 
from what I've seen, wants to fight a lot. So they maybe they give him the Hamzat treatment. Like if he goes out there and gets another flying knee knockout, maybe they give him the Johnny. Because let's not let's not mess around. Like if Johnny Walker had been Corey Anderson in Madison Square Garden, he probably would have fought John Jones. Correct. He wasn't going to fight Jan Blahovich in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, like Corey Anderson did. They were going to give him that. So if he goes out there and flying knees someone, goes out there and does the same thing again, I could see it. You know, they're kind of doing it with Hamza. If Hamza beats Gilbert Burns pretty dominantly, I wouldn't be surprised if he got the next title shot against Kamar Usman. If Kamar Usman obviously gets past Leon Edwards, which I think we all expect him to do whenever that happens. So, by the end of 2023, yeah, I could see it if Michelle if Michelle Pereira, if, if Alex Pereira <laughs> keeps doing his thing. Uh, too many, too many, too many exciting Pereiras in the world of in the UFC world right now. But yeah, I could see it, especially because you know the UFC wants to strike while the iron's hot. Izzy has been saying for a long time he wants new, fresh blood, and I know this is technically not new blood, but it is in the MMA world. And how many times are they going to show that knockout? Because have you seen? Have you ever watched that fight between those two? Alex Bender was not dominating that fight. Not at all. He just he would like Izzy was doing extremely well. I would even say winning until he just got turned into a floor mat. So uh, yeah, I would favor Izzy in that fight, if especially in an MMA fight. But yeah, the UFC could for sure pull that in 2023. I think if I think if Prayer can like. Actually, it's a weird thing. If Pereira actually gets taken down, if he gets taken down and he gets get and he gets up and then knocks him out, then we kind of see more of his game. If we just kind of wins, I think we're gonna be like, "Whoa, he's only a stand-up guy." It's it's a weird thing. He actually needs to get taken down and or stuff takedowns and like really throw Bruno Silva off. But Bruno Silva is just not that type of fighter either, so I don't really see that. But if Pereira wins big, I could his next fight will be a. A Gilbert Burns type of level, uh, you know, like I'm um, fighting Gilbert Burns. He's definitely not getting. He's not fighting Izzy his next fight, but who who would it be? Like, um, he'll fight like he should fight. Hall, who am I missing? Winner or lose, he'll fight Uriah yeah. Hall. I think Uriah Hall. Or That's probably like or, the next. Or yeah, no, or, or you know what? Yeah, or like if Chris Weidman comes back, or yeah, uh, Brad Tavares. Oh. I know Brad Tavares is still lurking around in the top fifteen. Like you know, is he is his third fight in the UFC was against Brad Tavares in the main event. If Alex Pereira goes out there and flying knees someone again, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a main event fight. You know, just to strike Strickland, while they're on top. Yeah, Strickland's probably a little too risky. Way too risky. Way, Way too, risky. too risky. I would also but favor you put him against a guy. Fight. Yeah, I I probably would too. But I'd put him against a guy who would absolutely stand in front of him a favorable matchup um a guy with somewhat of a decent name that gets a reaction when you book him for a fight like i mean andre muniz up and coming talent guy could fight for a title legit threat in this division gets the uriah hall fight a favorable matchup but there's still some danger factor to it as well because if hall clips him it's a whole different fight but yeah i mean that's probably the direction they go and then give him one more against another like former title challenger, Mike Kerwin. I love the idea of him fighting Weidman. I love that. I love Mike, the. I'm giving my guys. I'm giving my on to the next one. Oh. Call oh. right now. Oh. If if Michelle, Beh- uh, <laughs> got me, Jose. Oh. If Alex Pereira, oh, oh, yeah. it's contagious. It's Price contagious. is right, loser theme. Go. <laughs> if Alex Pajeda gets a first round knockout, I don't care what the circumstances are, whether he gets a show off to take down defense or not. If he gets a highlight reel first round knockout. I will be telling people he should fight Adesanya next on uh, on the next one. I don't care he because said he hasn't I, beat anyone in the top I said, fifteen. I don't give I don't give an s. Pardon my language. I don't give a, I don't give an s, Casey. Uh. I'm sorry. I don't give an s. Sorry. There goes our monetization. There goes our. I apologize. This is how passionate I feel about this. Cannoneer Cannoneer obviously gets the next title shot. Cannoneer has to is obviously going to fight uh, Adesanya. That's the right thing to do. After that, who is like. Who I mean, look? There's people obviously. You've been Muniz, Strickland, obviously ahead of Pajeda, but that storyline is uh, of their previous kickboxing fights. Is it's just so compelling to me, and I get it. We should have faith in Pajeda that he can win one more fight. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. Maybe I'm afraid nope. if he does fight a more well-rounded guy, that he'll lose the opportunity. I, I really want to see that fight in MMA. I, so I, the, I'm more interested. The in second that best sticks. middleweight ever to fight in MMA behind Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Want you want him to book him against an unranked guy? 
who's not even in the top 15 in the UFC, not even in, in the real rankings that are Man, did you see, real did you see that? Did you see that knockout? That's all I need to see. I, did you see that five-second clip of him knocking out Izzy? That's it. I don't care about the context. <laughs> I don't care who was actually winning that fight. I don't care what happened. I don't care how controversial their first kickboxing match was. That clip is meant to be digested for the common man. I speak for the common man. You know this. We're losing. Cl- we're losing people. You're, you're turning. You no, know, we are. We are gaining people. We are gaining the real people of, of America. Uh, I want to see this fight as soon as possible. I am going to have him skip over Muniz, Strickland, all these guys. If he gets a huge knockout, put him in there with Izzy. Just do it. Just do it. Just I do would it. also another actual answer would be uh, the winner of Jaco Mirshar. I think because Jaco and Pereira kind of have beef. Uh, they were supposed to fight and then didn't fight and they just talking all that greasiness. And I think Gerald Mirchard is a guy that you can test. He'll test like you I, I, or obviously you saw what Hamza did to him. Um, but Gerald Mirchard is incredibly well-rounded. A lot of submission game, a lot of submission uh, wins. It doesn't have like the most in or up there for the most ever in middleweight history middleweight. for UFC. Mirchard, yeah, yeah I, mean, I was strictly talking middleweight. So yeah. don't hate that fight either. But yeah. Maybe one, maybe two. Or if they give it, I'm not going to say no to a tile shot, but it's just not going to happen. <laughs> oh my God. Can we no, give, I just, can we, I just realized that you mentioned Gerald Mearshard. I would love, I think Gerald Mearshard deserves some shine. Gerald Mearshard deserves yeah, so some shine. After that, after that knockout, the way he f- came back in 2021 with three submission wins, yeah. back to back to back. Yeah. Sick good fights, on that guy. too. Sick fights. I love watching yeah, his grab. Awesome fights. Awesome. He's buddy. so Where's Rockhold? The dude has, the dude has Prayer, 26 submission wins. Weidman rockled too. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Of oh my, or yeah, either way, either way. Um, all right, uh, let's wrap this up. What we got? Me? Any Bellator questions? I didn't see any. The Bellator, the Bellator. No, because we I answered all those anything. on the preview show. That's why. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh no, this is a preview show. What do we? No, but we we answered it, all those on the, um, BTL, BTL, BTL. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, we did. <laughs> We, we um, sold. We sold. We tried. We tried, we tried. to sell I, it. I, I'm, I'm, I, it's a good main card. It's a good main card. I'm saying. Um, uh, anything else? Anything else? Did we do under the radar? Mm-hmm. We did. I mean, right. Yeah, I think we did. We yeah. Did. All right. Um, last. Um, no, we answered the Marlon Marais thing. Um, yeah. I think we're good. That gentlemen. it. I think we're good. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. So get ready, everybody. If you're listening to this after the fact, sorry, but Eagle FC is going down in a couple hours, so get ready for that. Jed and I, at some point, will go on Twitter Spaces to uh, relieve you <laughs> of uh, Henry Cejudo's commentary, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow, 30 minutes before UFC Vegas 50 for the People's Pre-Fight Show, well, post-fight show after, AK and I will be back on Sunday with on to the next one. So we get a very busy weekend ahead of us. So for Jose, for AK, shout out to you, Casey, on the ones and twos. He's on a poster now. He's on a fight poster. <laughs> it's, official. it's official. Next Saturday, get ready. Casey Lydon getting into the getting into the cage. So well, we have to have our own preview show for that fight. Next Twitter week, spaces. And, uh, we'll make that happen. So. All right, everybody. Enjoy Eagle FC. We'll see you guys tomorrow ahead of UFC Vegas 50. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.